Hey, hey, welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And on this episode, we're joined by Montreal, Quebec-based Big Brave. Hi, guys. Can I request you to introduce yourselves, please? Because it's audio and obviously, I mean, in this case, it's pretty easy to make out who's who, but still. <laughs> um, I am Robin. And uh, I'm Metsir. Unfortunately, uh, Tessie, the drummer. Is it here? Yeah, wasn't able to join us. And, so. and this is uh, Sherman, although people who are listening can't see him. But yes, the cat just uh, climbed onto Robin's lap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God the cat didn't cross the entire screen because in India, we have this very weird superstition that if a cat, oh. if, that if a black cat black crosses cat. in front of you, then you're going to get bad luck. Oh no! <laughs> Have you heard that one before? Yes. Oh, well, that's actually okay. that's that's actually also a superstition here, anyway. Um, if a black cat crosses your path, it's bad luck. But then I turned it around, and I'm like, if a ba- if a black cat crosses your path, some difficult things might come to light that you have to reckon with. <laughs> that's a fantastic way of welcoming bad luck. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Yeah. No bad luck on this episode yet. So let's get down to it. Our okay. first question is a rather simple one. Does it piss you guys off if you can't see the vertical bar when you spot the band's name in publications or at venues? Oh, that's a funny <laughs> question. I actually like this question so much. Um, that what, that you can't... Like in between Big Brave. Yeah, yeah. There's that but... vertical line, right? So yeah. does it piss you guys off if you don't spot the vertical line when people are referring to the band? Um, I'd be pissed off if that happened. The I vertical mean, line is there for a reason, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is there for a reason. It, What's I, the reason? I, um. Uh, well, the reason well, it, it used to not it used to not be there. Our first record, there's no line, and uh, at some point, someone brought to our attention that. They thought that the the brave part was a uh, referring to uh, indigenous uh, people of North America because they that Ooh. is a way like that people have referred to them as braves and all, and it really wasn't that at all. So we just that was the simplest way to just make sure that both those words were seen as two separate words and as ad- adjectives. It's not big and then brave uh the noun um it's adjective yeah, adjective that's it yeah and it was just like it it did bother us a bit that someone thought that but that's also totally fine but we just want to make it clear that that's not the the meaning of of those two words when it comes to the the uh the bar yeah so the, the bar so i don't okay. know if it helped but that hasn't come up since again and that's although although i do have to i do have to say though that the person that i mean the people the the few people that mentioned this they uh were speaking for indigenous people they weren't they are not indigenous themselves um and that pissed me off because the indigenous people that I am friends with from high school that like we're still friends on Facebook and then others that I've met um, throughout my adult life didn't say a thing. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> some, some which spoke to us and they didn't see a problem with the name too. Yeah. But this was around the time where like, I don't know, I feel it's, it's, kind of, it's calmed down a bit, but a lot of people were getting uh, some flack for their band names and some obviously is for good reasons. There's some bad ones, but I'm like, come on, I don't think uh, yeah. uh, we don't mean anything wrong by no. this. So threw in the line and yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily piss yeah. us off if we don't see it. Um, it, it. It is like, it's a little bit funny because you'd hope that they would get it right because it mm-hmm. is an integral part of our name. Yeah, at this point, yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so I'm always, I'm, I'm not pissed off, but I'm, I'm more like, huh, like, huh. You guys huh. haven't done your homework. All well, across crossed of the T's and dotted those eyes copy paste yeah. properly right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. right so th- thanks for indulging us with that and you know, like we said there are plenty of opinions there are plenty of such opinions in this episode but i hope you guys don't mind no not no, at all no. i love strong opinions yeah. awesome so yes. let's shift attention to your fifth studio album vital uh, congratulations, uh, first of all, on the release of the album a couple of last month. Uh, now, you know, you've yeah. said in past interview that your previous album, Audela, that was our sort of coming out album. How would you then describe Vital? Uh... Well, I have. Yeah, please. I, I feel like Vital and, and Odela have a lot in common there's our first record that we don't really oh okay um that we don't sound anything like at all and it was at odala that we kind of uh really discovered these these concepts that we're still playing around with Mm -hmm. and yes that was like a very important departure for us and i feel like after that we did two the two other records where we explored a bit more we kept exploring but with vital a lot of the time we would reference odala and i think we just um wanted to go back to some of these uh these ideas that we experimented with around the time that we wrote that so it's almost like to me like a odala two or something but like in a more refined way like it just like it did take all, all this time but it's uh yeah, it's, it could almost be the sequel to that record. Mm. But lately, we've, I feel like we've fine-tuned all of these uh, different ideas yeah. quite a bit more, but yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a very, that's really well put. It's like we found, we fine-tuned, we've matured, so to speak. Clearly, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, and learned a lot too from, from then till now and especially with playing live, it, it, it really helps us understand the different sort of dimensions that you might hear sonically um, live versus recorded too. And I think that that was also something that kind of helped us push forward or mature, so to speak, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's funny, we're talking today about uh, starting to write a sixth album. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, what I've been thinking a lot is that w- this chapter that started with Odala, I think it's ending with Vital. And I feel like we've 
we've done what we can do with kind of that style. Not that we're going to do something very, very different next time, but I feel like I'm, I'm very happy with like the Odala to Vital and it's kind of a concise body of work. But now I feel like we can close that chapter and what will come next will probably be a, a bit different. And I also have no idea yeah. what it will be. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm happy now with like, yeah, these last few years, I'm like, okay, that's like, we, we've done that. So I feel like now we can do something slightly different, whatever that'll be. But yeah, yeah. I feel like it's yeah. the end of, of that chapter. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to come back to that point a bit later. Peter, uh, let's, let's, let's continue talking about Vital a bit more. Okay. So, you know, I was reading the press release for Vital. And it mentions, and I quote, this album involves what it means navigating the outside world in a radicalized body and what it does to the psyche as a whole while exploring individual worth within this reality. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to kind of wrap your head around. (laughs) So could you just kind of break it down for us and tell us more? Yes, absolutely. Um, So basically... um, Yeah, yeah, it is a lot (laughs) in trying to like even explain that. Um, So especially now um, in North America with this, with um, race being um, part of everyone's psyche and dialogue and um, part of our regular conversation, more than ever, I really feel. Um, I've noticed too, especially in the last year and a half even, um, uh, it's been easier to explain this. So my, for example, my reality is, uh, not just my reality, yeah, my reality and how I, and perceived, therefore, how I am, how I also interact with the people that are perceiving me is based on what they see. And what is whatever they see is um, usually a mi- either mixed race person or a racialized person, but uh, in a in a in a woman, a female body, or a woman, a, a whatever. Um, and so their, their interactions with me will affect how I interact with them and how, and then how I interact with the rest of the world, the, the outside world. Um, um, and so with that said, it has to also do with my observations through through this lens that is specifically a racialized female. Um, uh, And being that I overanalyze and think a lot, um, I think too much maybe, um, um, I can't help but uh, sort of parse or or break down what it is that I'm experiencing versus let's say what it is that Matsur is experiencing 
mm-hmm. right? Or even even a white version, or a um, or a black uh, or indigenous woman uh, might be experiencing. It's it it is different. So it's it's. But I don't know if this helps at all. I think I might have muddied it up, but. Um, Mm, yeah, it's, it's, this, it's that. <laughs> Did that make any sense? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, um, it. I mean, it's, it's clearly, it's clearly, I, I would interpret it as clearly it's the message that needs to be said and perhaps yeah. more than being said, it needs to be heard. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly and it's not something that everyone talks about necessarily mm-hmm. um uh right um that uh and and now lately people are more sort of receptive to hearing about it because it is one of the the main focus points in what's happening um in north america well people here in north america um which is really funny, though, because it's like this is a reality for most of the population, right? But because mm-hmm. if they're right, and so because there is um, a denser white population here, and it's been ruled by white people for so long firsthand, um, um, there's it's it's just like. I mean, I could never really talk about being mixed race because most of the people that I was friends with was either of one race or Mm -hmm. white. Um, So that's a very different reality. Like I live in between. I don't, I don't, like I'm not accepted by either or. Um, And then, and then I'm also a female. So (laughs) how people perceive me is very, very different and how they listen to me is different than how they might listen to Metsir, for example. One, one example is, is when we play live um, in venues, I would explain my setup on stage to the sound technician and, mm-hmm. they, and they wouldn't understand. Um, and then this has happened countless, of, countless times where Metsir would say the exact same thing verbatim. And mm-hmm. then the sound tech would be like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I get it. <laughs> like, it was... It was like a phenomenon. Yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. it was happening. <laughs> so, but, but you know, honest, what you're talking about is not just unique to say the music world or venues, right? It, it happens in the corporate world and in boardrooms all across the world. It's not just uh, unique to North America or even Canada for that matter. Yeah. yeah. No, you're very, very right. In all facets of the world, yeah. this is yeah. what. Yeah. And and that's unfortunately the world we live in currently, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of what you're talking about, right, is addressed in the lead single of Vital Half Breed, where you talk about your experience of being mixed race and the confusion and insecurity that comes with it. Now, yes, it's a, it's, it's a kind of contrast to the first album where a lot of your lyrics were metaphorical. So, yeah. how did the whole transition of you know having more personal lyrics on Vital come about? It's a good question. It was like, I think also because of this last year, year and a bit, um, and other things that were sort of going on personally, um, 
I realized too, especially in the last two years, not just what was happening politically and socially and social economically, but um, that representation really does matter. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, and then I started to feel a little more confident in, um, in speaking more explicitly on these things because I would, I've observed other people sort of expressing similar experiences. And even if, I mean, I figured that even if a handful of people kind of can really, really understand the, the, the explicit meaning behind it, then that's, that's more than I could ask for. Um, and, and I felt that it was, it was a good time to just, like I had the space. I, I, I had the space to, especially because of this last year here, um, people, the general public seemed to be a little more open to listening to the two different narratives, um, especially around gender and race. So I felt like it was probably a good idea. I could, I could, I could do it safely. <laughs> well, not safely, but like, um, uh, a little more confidently. Does right. that make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally does. Okay. Okay. So while we are chatting half breed, I have to ask what's making that uh, bombastic clanging noise towards the middle, just, just before the vocal end section on the track, that thing that sounds like a hammer being uh, oh, yeah, yeah. ringing out on the anvil. Yeah. What, what, what is that? It's, it's a, it is a bell from an alarm that ah. I think we found on the side of a building many years ago we unscrewed it because i'm yeah often just banging around and if we find <laughs> percussive elements that sound good try to incorporate them but yeah that we've had lying around for a while and with uh with tussie sometimes we i'd go in and, and work on on music and then collecting like different pieces of metal all the time i'd like this sounds good and i would just put it near <laughs> tussie's drums and then Tessie would kind of like start playing with it and like, like yeah, yeah. And then it would just become part of, of the drum set. It was like, I didn't, no one forced it upon Tessie, but was more used to traditional drums. But then we're like, yeah, let's, let's embrace all, all of these other sounds we can make with the non-traditional drum pieces. And then like, yeah, Tessie is like fully on board now. Cause there's another, another, percussive element that's a saw blade okay you hear in the last in the yeah, last song, yeah 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 it sizzles it goes and it's because there are rivets in the saw blade that's that turns on a table saw then um and so that makes that um and i work as a carpenter so i'm always around like machinery and <laughs> okay I, I, when i'm doing that i'd rather be playing or making music so i'm just i'm <laughs> like i turned that world into a sound world and send so then those elements just make it into the jam space the rehearsal space and then we start using it and yeah so that one is yeah it's just it's just tessie hitting it really hard and it's uh, it sounded it sounded awesome uh it completely made the the it, it helped increase the atmosphere or the ambience or whatever the soundscape as such 
Uh, right? but of course, that fabulous, eerie ending on Half Breed. Uh, Robin, how tough was that to record? Like, were you, were you, were you thinking? Do you, do you guys record to a click? Because I don't think you guys do. I think it's all flow. This record was. Yeah, we did. We did. Really? Oh, really? But it depends on on the parts. Like half braid is a two minute drone in the beginning. There's no click there. Um, but we'll do that in sections. We'll do the drone and then okay, hit hit pause. And then when it's when we're playing to a very obvious uh, beat or tempo, mm-hmm. there there was a click for this record. But then at the end, when you sing alone, then the click was gone again. Yeah, the click was gone again. So there's the more abstract parts where there's no drums and no obvious uh, pattern. There, there's no click. When we're all playing together, then there is. It just it just made it easier. Since we're all in, in separate rooms, we didn't record in the same room because we needed to be by our amps to get the, the feedback. Um, yeah, there were so many components to, to have to record to a click because... Um, uh, with because each song sort of has sections to it um, in order to uh, and and the fact that like we are in separate rooms mm-hmm. um, it it just made it easier to communicate with each other that Got way it. without yeah. seeing each other like we would yeah, yeah. 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 seeing each other is a very important part of yeah. When we play like half breed, there's just so much silence between those hits in the beginning that when we're doing that live or when we were practicing it, um, we're not counting like the the beats between those hits. It's a very it's a very visual thing that happens. So if we can't see each other, if Tussie's in one room and Robin's all the way in another room and Got we it. can cut each yeah. other, there's like little windows, <laughs> there's like a door window. <laughs> So it's just like it, we need it, yeah. Because yeah, we just rely so much on on us visually yeah. to, mm-hmm. to perform live. So yeah, completely get that. Um, I I, I want to talk about Wilted. Um, what what really stood out for me was was these glitches through the song that that really gave me the creeps. Like you know, how do I describe yeah. this? There's these. Uh, for a second, not even for a second, for a nanosecond or something, the track will suddenly, uh, pop, uh, like it'll leave you with a space that shouldn't have been there. Or there's this very weird uh, detuning kind of a thing that happens. It's like these glitches that come peppered in throughout. I don't know if I'm if I'm describing it properly. Yeah, but you are. I guess I you guys know what you guys uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just yeah. want to ask, what was the intention? Of, of putting that thing in there because that is it's it truly like gets a gets it got me at least to go like oh, did that happen so it made me want to it made me go from go your bandcamp stream to the apple music stream to the youtube stream oh, and go like hey is did that actually happen or is that was that just a stream fault or is my internet connection dropping out? <laughs> oh, oh, that's so cool. Because I'm wondering, because we did send most of that through a, a tape machine, that song, and yeah. then uh, Seth, the engineer, would, uh, we recorded, and as it's re-recording, he would slow down the, the tape machine manually, 
to ah. give it that horrible sound. So I'm not sure if that's what you're talking about. Maybe. Um, that's well, there were like it's not popping like like no no, no it's not it's not a crackle or a pop or something no. like that. It's just. But I know what you're saying because also what about what Matsir does with his guitar too. Um, it's okay to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah is that he takes? <laughs> well, just secrets. in case I don't know. Secrets like from a, Big Dream. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know secret. I'll tell everyone everything. But what he does is he takes um, the headstock of his guitar, uh-huh. and in the recording studio where there is no carpet, it's like this nice cement floor. And then what he did was he dragged uh, his headstock up. Uh, on the cement to create this like thing. That might have been it. I think that's what you're talking about. And then with it being re-recorded onto the tape yeah. with, with Seth yeah. slowing it down, I think it created that sort of, almost like William Basinski's- uh, Right, the disintegration. The loop. disintegration loops. I don't know if you've heard, but there's, it kind of is similar to that maybe, but. It's a, in that song in particular, there's a whole bunch of like non-traditional things happening. Yeah. For like recording technique or the guitar playing, like Robin said, like dragging in like a, like a hockey stick against the ground. So yeah, but maybe send, write down the time where it happens. The exact timestamps? Yeah, Yeah. I'll, I'll do that. I was wondering if I should or not, but then. Yeah. yeah, whatever. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, having said all of that, I, I honestly feel that uh, I thought Vital was your most difficult to listen because I needed to give it a lot of time to let it really sink in. Perhaps mm-hmm. it's just an indication of my current mental state. Okay. Mm-hmm. So m- maybe it says that, but I have to ask, have you heard this sort of a reaction from anyone else? Yes, it's. Um, Why do you think that is? I think because we're just listen, we're just hard to listen to. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, guys. But we've always been, it's, yeah, um, I maybe you think differently, Matsir, but I, um, it's been that way since the beginning. Uh, okay. Like since Odala, for example, where they're like, no, you kind of can't just you don't to really understand and appreciate what's going on. You have to listen a few more times. Um, it's been like that with every album um, and it seems to be getting more and more difficult for people to listen, to like take in the first listen. Um, um, it, we did, when we were writing it, we did intentionally tell each other that we wanted to make it as, as bleak as possible. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. That makes Especially sense. since yeah. um, the previous record, A Gaze Among Them, is still kind of, it's still from like a minimalist experimental rock band, but it's so like a touch poppier. And I, after that, we're like, okay, let's, this is going back to like thinking of Odala and now one with Blake Tuber, we're like, let's really just make it as less musical as we possibly can. And so um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was intentional. And I think that's probably why it is, uh, can be hard to listen to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of time we'd come up with parts too and we're like, no, that's, that sounds too much like a, a band doing something. Well, let's, uh, we can't do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Sorry. I'm uh, I'm glad you're saying that because that because one of the first things I noted about White uh, I noted about Whitel was uh, how raw your vocals are here, especially mm-hmm. compared to Gaze and the mm-hmm. production itself. I think the word you use bleaker is absolutely apt because um, mm-hmm. I thought it's so much colder. It's it's aggressive. It's darker. It's stripped off all the polish. Mm-hmm. so to speak there's no polish on it right um talk us talk to us a little bit more about what the intention really was or what your vision as such for for vital was especially after as you rightly said a slightly more popular sound which mm-hmm. is weird to say because even that album yeah right yeah, no, was <laughs> you know, no you're absolutely you right a, though yeah. you call gaze poppy right Mm-hmm. Yeah, even even Seth, um, as we were recording it, or finishing up anyway, he's like, hey guys, we just recorded a pop rock. Or a, a well, rock. he's like, this is like, for you guys, this is your like your pop record. Yeah, because it's more accessible. <laughs> I think it is a little bit more accessible because they're, they're, it's like a little more maybe melodic. Um, the drums are a bit busier, so there's more of a uh, I don't know something to grab onto and hold onto, and the bleaker we tr- we try, or when we try to create something like as bleak as we did with Vital, um, it is hard to grasp onto something where there's not much going on, unless you are used to actively listening to music and um seeking out different different genres of music um just uh if you're just gonna like pop it on your record player or your cd player or whatever um and try it out you are you are not gonna get it um but go but like to walk you through the the process i think it's we were Seth was very much on the same page without really, we didn't tell him what we were working on yeah. in mm-hmm. the months before um, going to the studio, but he already, like when we got there, he's like, okay, I'm going to, he does this thing where he distorts everything like with the body records. And he's like, with this record, he all, without us even like discussing it, he already had a plan to like distort it as much as possible. Um, and also then for the vocals mm-hmm. i think everyone was on the same page to not have them buried in reverb mm-hmm. yeah to have like very upfront vulnerable and just like like you said just remove all the polish and just like focus on the grittiness and and those tones so yeah yeah with the vocals too um exactly right they were they're more in the previous albums they're buried in the mix a little more they become more of um because the concept was just, it was like another instrument. So let's use them as that. Um, and, uh, but with this, um, Seth also brought up that with, when, when, the, when the vocals are that affected with reverb, um, you lose the sort of nuances and the texture that a voice can have. And, um, and he was really pushing for that. And it's something I've always sort of, 
we, I wanted to explore, but maybe a little afraid to actually do it, but. Yeah, it's just like, obviously reverb on vocals sounds good. That's yeah. kind of like, that's why we've always done it. It sounds good. It's kind of the easy thing to do. So, yeah. so it's like, it's just like, yeah, a challenge to like remove that. Deposit. Make the drums as simple as possible. Don't play as many notes. It's just like always, it's, it was just like the challenge that we, um, set for ourselves yeah, from the beginning like to deconstruct mm -hmm. more and more because yeah just it's always what we talk about but I don't feel like we always do it as much as we'd want to because the instinct when you pick up an instrument is kind of to just do more and more but now we're really like okay we're going to we'll start with an idea and then remove and as much as we can yeah while it being still like enjoyable to listen to or or <laughs> somewhat enjoyable for some <laughs> uh, but well, that, I, I like i like listening to it but... yeah that, that's um, the whole thing about perception right <laughs> yeah. there you yeah. go yeah okay but yeah so, yeah sorry yes go so I, i've read that the album was written separately while you were in isolation during the lockdown last year uh, what did you like and dislike about the whole process and I may ask, if I may ask, did the bleakness on the album come from the lockdown? <laughs> I mean, probably. Uh, I feel it was also a, what we wanted to do, but the like, yeah, what was going on with the pandemic definitely um, informed this even more. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's it's like because of mm -hmm. uh, of COVID. I mean, it's just we've been wanting to make a more minimalistic record for for a while, mm -hmm. and it just happened that we did it during this uh, insane year. So. I, yeah, I do think too, though, um, with the the like throughout the process of making this record, because of the lockdown and because um, Matsir and I lost our day jobs. Uh, we had the time to actually uh, work on these songs so much so that we wrote a, a, a whole bunch of material and was able to uh, completely drop um, a whole song that's like almost, that was almost completed, for example, or we would explore an idea to its fullest and deconstruct it. Like in, we had the time to do everything we've wanted to do in writing because mm -hmm. there was no touring as well. Um, I, and really, and because of that, because there was no rush, um, we had the space, we had the time, we were able to focus more on really trying to um, put forward our original concepts of minimalism, bleakness, uh, tension, space. Um, I, I, I really do believe that that time <laughs> helped. It's so funny because yeah, you think if you have more time, you'll do more and you can make more complicated music the more time you have the more time you have to practice and it was a complete opposite for us because we had more time 
with that time, instead of adding to the sculpture, we were had more time to just remove, to keep removing. So mm -hmm. fun to think of, uh, of that, like the, yeah. with the other record, we did it so quickly because mm -hmm. the, there was a, a drummer change at very last minute. So who recorded with us came in, uh, two weeks before, uh, no, a month, a month oh. and a half, maybe. But anyways, it was thrown together so quickly that it has those big, busier moments. We didn't have enough time to reflect on it, but yeah, with the time we're like, okay, let's, let's pare it down. So yeah, like mm. we've never spent so much time. It, it was six months yeah. straight. Which sounds oh. silly. It's like six months to play five, five chords. <laughs> five chords, one chord per song. Oh, that's maybe. <laughs> no, but you know, having, having said that, considering the amount of time that you guys have, the amount of time and the amount of effort that has gone into these songs and this album, um, you would tend to think that this would be your most worked on album and hence is it right for me to say or is it okay for anyone to assume rather that this album is perhaps the best uh, definition of what the band's vision has been like would you would you give vital to someone who asks you hey which record best defines you absolutely because yeah. of all the work that you've put in yes yeah Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, so many things I think we were trying to achieve throughout the years that we didn't quite get there after Like, I'm not ashamed of any of the records we've made, but after I'm just like, ah, there's just like, it's not quite there. But yeah, if, if I have to give one record to someone, it's definitely this one. I'm like this. Um, in, encapsulates. Encapsulates like, yeah. What we've been trying to do since uh, 2014. Yeah. So. Fantastic. Okay, so you know you have you have new songs, you have so much work put into it. The fact that you had Dustin on drums, um, the fact that you're bringing bells and saw blades into the studio. Um, what else marked a new territory of sorts for the band on Vital? Something that you hadn't been able to do before. Was it just the fact? Like, does it boil down to the fact that you had six months of pure focused energy and attention? to make it to make it what it is yes but what the the i think a main thing is is tussie on drums okay because she, she joined um for the 2019 tours of a gaze among them records but that's not music she wrote with us and then when mm -hmm. we writing with her it was just like it was it went so well working together and writing together like it's it's never gone this well um so it was such a important part and it such a, a joy because she her contributions are um so important on this record whereas in the past we'd kind of write music and drums would come come on at the very end with with tessie we just like wrote together as a three-piece more than we ever have so it's uh i think that helped to be able to put forward all these ideas that we were trying to do in, in the past. Um, it just, it just went so well with her that I, we were able to accomplish these things. Yeah. So it's just like, yeah, the time, but so much credit to, uh, to Tessie. Yeah. 
Awesome. So, you know, at this point, we've talked so much about Vital and the whole process behind it. We'd like to play a track from the album. Which one should we play and why? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's no time limit so you can go for any of the longer tracks also okay so half breed is already out there well it's all out there it's all out there yeah i mean i have what's your favorite one i would say half breed or of this ilk because i think they have um those two songs i think like of this ilk has everything that we try to do in one song with the the very uh, primal rhythmic section in the beginning, then the louder parts, and then the very minimalistic mm-hmm. ending. To me, that that kind of is a good resume of of all the things we were trying to do with this record. And Half Breed also mm-hmm. has that, has the drone, has the um, the sparseness, has the very bleak minimalist vocals at the end. So. And then like the insane part with the bell is just, yeah, that's true. and the others, I like the other songs too, but they, they focus on maybe some of the ideas we're trying to do. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Half breeder. Of this <laughs> I agree. I, I think let's just play both. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> Yay to us. More music.
history the pattern for the pattern for the pattern for the
so those two songs on this podcast they may very well have been the very first time people listen to big brave right so let i'm coming from their perspective on this and i'm the next question may pretty well answer some of the thoughts that are going on in their head which is uh how would the two of you define big brave to someone who can't speak genres or reference other bands that's my language <laughs> like, <laughs> fantastic <laughs> answer wow um for me it's um okay so how i have described our band because i don't speak in genres or reference other bands because i don't know very many bands mm-hmm. um it would be heavy loud minimal experimental and not easy to listen to <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's, yeah repetitive and yeah. i mean we always aim to kind of make the the music transcendental um repetitive time-based uh, experimental rock band yeah pa- patience required patience required <laughs> for sure yeah. that's a new I, idea for for stickers on the album yeah. covers right instead of explicit content <laughs> patience required <laughs> the, the meter and how much patience you need <laughs> for, like, for a very fast metal band no patience needed for us a bit more for uh like like one tone drone music much much patience. much much patience <laughs> yeah right so let let's talk about atmosphere and ambience i mean the records do a lot to immerse and transport a listener i mean you talked about it where do you guys want to take and place the listener ideally oh i mean we're definitely trying to create these These, environments these environments these moments where you can kind of drift off and uh not not zone out but we're you know we're trying to to create the these environments where that are transcendental and 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 set set these these moods um so i mean I don't know if we're intentionally trying to navigate them to a specific place because we also other than the concepts that we're trying to achieve in each song we also kind of don't know where it's going to go like we kind of listen to what the song needs um with those concepts in mind and then I always think well wherever they go is where i want them to go personally because it it means that it has reached them to a point where they feel or think something whereas if they don't feel or think anything then that um i mean that's totally valid too but i feel like like visual arts like music like theater dance or every all forms of art uh you you want to provoke them to at least feel or think a thing even if they hate it yeah. at least <laughs> there's provocation to a feeling right 
Um, uh, yeah, I think maybe just wherever, wherever they want to go. I mean, it really stems from what we're interested in musically yeah. also yeah. where yeah. being, we were really into focusing on one thing and not burying chords over chords, like just trying, being able to see how much richness is in one si- single note um, by letting that ring out instead of, yeah, like I, yeah, like I just said, like burying uh, notes over notes over notes. So it's just like that it's kind of our obsession to just be like, see, yeah, see what's in a single moment um, and try to do that in a interesting way. Interesting enough, yeah, to keep the listener intrigued enough to keep listening, yeah. <laughs> which is and, really and, and, yeah, and come back yeah. to it also, I guess. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. So I mean, yeah, n- none of this would work on a acoustic guitar. It's just like this richness okay, it yeah. comes out because of the amplification, because of the pickups yeah. and how it picks up the, the strings. So it's just like like all these things exist in the sound, and it's it's so easy to to miss them yeah or or to overlook all of these rich uh sonic qualities so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. okay so i've read that both of you come from visual art backgrounds uh, yes. does that have an impact on you know your songwriting or the overall sound uh of the band do you think uh for myself, definitely, because that's that's all I've known up until this band. I mean, I taught myself how to play a couple of chords on the guitar and I would only sing by myself or like with friends. But then after meeting Mathieu and him, uh, it, uh, helping me discover minimalist composers and uh, the way he, he would talk about um, sonic qualities of of space or the sound of a room just kind of flipped my brain and made me think about music very well creating music or sounds differently than than just learning some you know the learning theory and having the correct language and and so on uh in writing music um so for me definitely because that's that's my language that's what i grew up on um conceptualizing uh every any any work that i i had done so for me definitely yeah coming up with the concept is is very important in like visual arts and all like if you if you come from like a very like band orientated background then yeah you're referencing other bands all the time and that's why bands sound like other bands because it's like it's fine and it just like feels right to do these things even if it sounds like um something that someone else has done a, a thousand times whereas i feel like with visual art if you're ripping off someone it's uh you'll someone will will let you know much quicker and it's i don't think it's as accepted so you're always trying to like you spend a bit more time and really focus on on these concepts and kind of like on the your project statement and 
you're trying to make like this body of work that is your own, which is like, yeah, what I would do with my like photography when I was doing more of that or Robin with their painting. So just like that mentality was transferred to, to the band and uh, continues to, to just be like a very important part of how we think and how we make music. All right. So, you know, at the very beginning, you guys told us that you've started thinking about the next, the sixth album for Big Brave. Were you talking about the collaborative album with The Body or is there another album uh, that you're referring to? No, we're, yeah. Uh, another album. Another album. Yeah, like okay, ours. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. It's like, there's no recording date planned or, or anything. We haven't played together since we recording? recorded this album. Yeah. But that's oh, wow. it. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> we're thinking of concepts before even picking up the instruments. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. And, and since there was a <laughs> statement uh, or picture, at least, that I saw put out of the recording uh, with the body, What's uh, the plan for that? Is that going to be out anytime soon? And when can we expect it? It's a, it comes out in September. Yeah. I think it will be announced very soon. And uh, a song or two will be made available. So, yes. yeah, that'll be exciting because it, uh, it sounds nothing like either of our bands. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's cool. Or nothing like you would expect our, our two bands would make together um it's not a strange record but it's strange that we did this record yeah. so yeah different yeah we'll see very different there's a, a there's acoustic guitar and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> okay cool cool so you know talking about the talking about the as of now unplanned sixth album um here's a question right um, how do you guys think you'd want to challenge yourselves on the sixth album? I mean, and, I, and I'm coming from a very, very weird reference for this because when, when you first mentioned it, immediately my, my mind went to something that Radiohead had done. Um, I don't know if you've heard the song Just by Radiohead. It's, it's, you, can, you can check it out later. It's got a fantastic music video. Um, that song came about only because Tom York was challenged uh, by other band members to make a song that features uh, as many chords as he could possibly link properly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's, oh. that's what led to the genesis of the song. So since Matt started talking about, oh, we're trying, we may be doing something new or we want to challenge ourselves. Hey, maybe that's a challenge that you guys can throw at yourselves too. Maybe we'll find a big, big song with three chord changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Well, I we did. We, we <laughs> earlier today and we're like, maybe more notes, but. but the thing is, every, it's so funny because every single time, like we actually, in writing every single one of these albums, we always, there is a handful of songs where we're like, maybe we're going to do a chord change. And then we try it. And then everyone just feels terrible. Because <laughs> we're just like, this doesn't even feel right. Like, but we still try to make it work. And it just never, 
it never works. Yeah, it, it just <laughs> yeah it disrupts the the flow of the the underlying drone too much. Yeah, but yeah, definitely <laughs> thought about it. I mean, that's one way to branch out is to play more chords. Play more chords. <laughs> uh, more overdubs. Um, <laughs> I want yeah, and more vocals like layer oh more vocals layer all the vocals and then have them start to finish with no pause like a pop song <laughs> no it's not resonating <laughs> no man like i'm, I'm just i'm just trying to they froze up no, did no they i don't know okay. i think um that's but we we did we did mention that like the there was a uh, uh, a review. It was a quote unquote bad review. Um, I thought it was hilarious, um, but <laughs> that's um, what most bad reviews are. <laughs> yeah, it was. I got a I got a good laugh out of it. But anyway, it was also very uh, on point because part of the critique was that all it does, all this album does, is boom pause, pause, boom, <laughs> you know, and that's essentially what we do. But yeah. Uh, yeah. And we were, we're one, we, we, we've been thinking if we've not exhausted this exploration of these, of space and minimalism, but with, in re reference to these crashing hits. Yeah. Yeah. With something that we very much utilize. Yeah. Yeah. But with or without that review, it has nothing to do with that. No, review. it has nothing to do with the review. <laughs> with yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a, it is a reference to like, well, I mean, are we done exploring this? Do like, we're, it, we're just like sort of putting into question what it is. Mm. Um, yeah. That we could explore or not explore. Yeah, because like, like I was saying, it's, it's like I think uh, there's a chapter that's been closed with this record. Yeah, um, I think we're it's time to kind of explore different musical like languages. So I mean, I don't know if it's been like completely closed. No, no, because yeah, but... it will definitely like what we've learned throughout the years and throughout all of these recordings and playing live. Um, at least for me, is so integrated into how I approach playing the guitar or using the guitar. Um, so I, I definitely think that like, although it's not completely, it, although it's like maybe closing, it's not completely closed. I, I am interested to sort of see like where, um, regardless of the direction, how will or I will utilize what I've learned to help the next concept come to fruition, so to speak. Wow, okay. So <laughs> my final question, it's an attempt to end this interview on a lighter note. I have okay. to ask, uh, you know, and this comes from like being, playing in a band, et cetera, et cetera. And, the things we do to entertain ourselves during jam sessions. What do you guys play riffs in your jam sessions in the practice pads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Tussie and Matsier don't stop. 
It is hilarious. <laughs> there are sometimes like when we're trying to write a song or like practice because we're getting ready for a show or, or recording, um, after we practice a song, it's like um, they would just go off and jam for however long and then I'm just sitting there <laughs> waiting for them. <laughs> but you'll join in too. Oh, I'll totally but... join. But it's, it, it's a lot of like... Uh, it's kind of a release too. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, right? we'll definitely go to riffs or to like full like free jazz. Yeah, like free jokes too. And just like... <laughs> A complete opposites of what we've been doing for the last like four hours in the room. Yeah, being like, but yeah, our jam, our jam practices are so goofy. Yeah, it's very like, goofy. It's it's quite uh, almost incredible that we can make such bleak music because like when when the, when the three of us are together, we're just like giggling nonstop the whole time. Yeah. And then like one, two, three, four, and then like into the super mm -hmm. serious music. Yeah, and yeah. then it ends. Someone's burping and yeah. like. Bruh! some so, crude joke or yeah. something exactly yeah. 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 yes <laughs> man do i miss that i haven't been damn uh, it i miss that shit okay yeah anyways on that note big brave thank you so much for oh my God. uh for coming on the show guys we really appreciate uh getting this much time to speak with both of you in such a detailed and comprehensive manner Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That means so much lovely. to me. Yeah, seriously. It's like my favorite interview yet. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do people find you? Of course, they can find you on by typing big, brave. Even without the vertical glyph, it works on streaming platforms. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what about social media, etc.? How do people reach out to you and tell, tell you that, hey, we loved or hated or didn't have a <laughs> Oh, oh, even so, like, is this music even? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or buy your merch, etc., etc. Yeah, there's the Bandcamp page, or there's an Instagram and a Facebook page. It's all under Big, know, Brave. Big Brave or Big Brave Music. So yeah, yeah. Like, I think if you want to uh, really find us specifically, typing in Big Brave into like a search engine doesn't always work. So, like, if you do Big Brave Music that would work yeah. or through the label southern lord so oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that too excellent wow this has been an excellent episode peter yeah <laughs> hasn't it been that's all the time that we have on horns up this week you guys know where to find us we are at hornsuppod.com or on twitter at hornsuppod as always i'm on twitter only at asmoani I'm at Trend Crusher. Just search me anywhere on the internet. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been Horns Up. Horns Up, guys. <laughs>